That is, um, gosh, thanks. Thanks, guys. That was, uh, yeah, yeah. Powerful words. And as I said, it doesn't matter whether you're 18, graduating from high school, or 20-something, graduating from college, or graduate school, or or 50-something, going through your second or third midlife crisis. Let me just take it from somebody who knows. You know that thing about one midlife crisis? That's crap. There's a lot of midlife crisis, okay? So just let me deal with, tell you that first of all. Um, it doesn't matter where you are. These are, these are, these are questions. If we're going to be insightful and if we're going to have a little depth to our life, then we're going to ask, what, what am I doing? Am I just to do this or that or, you know, raise a family or make a lot of money or as good as all those things might be? What is my place in the world? Um, the way we have it worded for you in this, our fourth installment of this, of this series called Intentional Living. Intentional about finding my niche in God's, God's deal. Big deal, I'm talking about. Not one particular thing. Um, am I hardwired with gifts and talents and passions? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. So how do I deal with all that? Um, you know, I don't think that there's probably a, a message that is going to be, you know, and those of you who've come fairly regularly know I've, I've talked about sex. Uh, we had a couple things uh, in the last series on that. I've talked about marriage often, children. Um, I don't think there's anything more personal than this because it's just you. And sometimes, as the song says, it's just you in the night, you and God, thinking, hopefully praying. God, you know, I want, I want my life to count. I don't know how long I got, but for however long, you know, I want to, I want to do something that matters. Does that mean I go to Bangladesh? I'm sorry, Bangladesh is fresh in my mind. I, I, I do this thing um, um, every, about once a month with a partner, and we do a thing in the UN with some of the ambassadors, a little, little group, and, and uh, the, the ambassador from Bangladesh happens to be one of my favorite ambassadors, and he's a, he's a Muslim, and he comes every time. Every time he comes and tells us how much it means for him to come and hear us discussing Jesus and the person and the principles of Jesus. And, and it's just really, a, just really a great time. We just did that Wednesday. And so whether you're him you know, whether you, or, or whether you're an ambassador or whether you think, well, I need to go to Bangladesh or I need to go here or I need to go to this mission in Newark or down, down in the city or, or whatever it happens to be, can I do this in my job and make money? You know, I mean, this, this, these are a lot of questions you ask yourself sometimes. Can I be, can I be cushy and comfortable materialistically and, and, and still, can that matter? You know, these are all things you, you, you kind of go through. Do I have to be this, this poor person who, like Mother Teresa, incredible, God rest her soul, wonderful woman of God, I believe, who, who, who ministered to the poorest of poor in Calcutta. And uh, is that what I have to do? Some people think so. The Bible doesn't say that. I'm just going to tell you that right up front. The Bible doesn't say that. So how does that all work together? And what about this old hardwiring thing, which is a term we didn't know until the last 10 or 15 years? So I'm going to just give you some uh, four statements here, what I call thoughts about being hardwired and finding your niche. Finding your niche may be a little ambiguous. It may be, what does that mean? We're going to, talk, we're, we're going to define it in the way of fulfillment. 
and uh, and just kind of kind of go from there. Get you to think about some of these things. I so wish that there were a formula. Do this, do this, do this, and boom, you'll know. I, I so wish that were the case. And some people like us to think that, but there's not. There's not. There's no formula. Um, just get that straight. These are some thoughts to just get you thinking along those lines. First thought is a very simple thought, and uh, you probably knew this was coming, but the first thought is this. You are a piece of work, okay? You are. You're a piece of work. Normally we hear that term, and sometimes we hear it in other ways and in other, uh, other words with it, but normally we hear that in a negative type. Ah, you're a piece of work, you are. And you know what? Whenever anybody says that to me, I say, I know it. Thank God, I know it. Every one of us are intricately designed pieces of work, uniquely designed so by God Almighty. There are many verses that talk about that, and I'm not going to take you to all of them. We've seen before, if you were here, if you went, I'll just give you a quick reminder of it. We, there's, a, there's a passage in Psalm 139 that says, I am, I am, I am wonderfully made, O oh God. Thank you for making me. But I'm going to take you to another little couple of verses from the Bible. Romans chapter 12. Just, just kind of follow along here with me. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability, now he starts using things that we would find in a church, for instance. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, this is part of, a, of several different passages of the Bible. Now, I'm not going to go into this this morning. But that, that talks about what we, in, in, in theological circles, call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and what that's talking about is how God has equipped all of us in different ways to be used of God in, in what we call the church. Some are preachers and some are teachers and some are encouragers and some serve and some show kindness and some make a lot of money and give. Now, the thing you need to know about that is that doesn't mean that we do this exclusively to the other. We all may not have the gift of encouragement, but there are times when we have to encourage someone. Some of us are better at it than others. We all may not have the gift of teaching, but there are times when we all have to teach. We all may not have the gift of giving, but we're all told to give. You see? So, so keep that in mind. Alright? Uh, a little, a little side note to that. One of the reasons I mentioned is as a, as a pastor, um, in, 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 in churches for, and really I've only, I've only, I'm in that many churches, the third one. Um, but for 25 some years, you know, I've heard many times somebody says, well, I'd like to do this, but I don't have the gift. And I'm like, and I didn't do this in my earlier, younger years, but I do. I'm like, you know, you may not, may not need the gift. Maybe you just need to do something. You know? Sometimes it, it involves that. Could somebody else do it better? Yeah, but it's not getting done right now. And that's true in life. So what I want you to see on this whole thing is not just as it pertains to the church, because I believe these giftings transcend, quote-unquote, the church. And they go into life. And there's some of us that are great encouragers. Some of us are... Just tremendous at showing kindness. Some of us have the ability to organize things in our mind and teach. 
Some of us have the, and you could go on through this whole thing. There's all kinds of different issues here, and I won't go through it. But here's the point. You are a piece of work made incredibly that by the Lord God Almighty. You have, as it states here in verse 6, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. That's terrific. All of us. So that starts us on our little quest here. Um, let me show you something else, just also from the Bible. Colossians chapter 3. Here he's just talking more in general. Work hard and cheerfully in whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and the master you are serving is Christ. You don't work for whatever the company is you work for. You work for God. And I want you to think about that because when you start thinking along those lines, all of a sudden your productivity changes. Because it's real easy, in not every case, depending on the person, but it, it's a lot easier to say, well, I've, I've done everything the boss asked me to do. You know what? And that's great. Do that. But you know what? Maybe you need to do more because your boss ultimately is God. And the person who signs your paycheck is not the name of the company or the, or the representative of the company on, on, that, on, that, on that line. You might as well just say, that's God. Because that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you work. I don't care. Government, you know, big companies, church, whatever. It's God who provides that. And you need to understand that. It comes from God. And you know that. Because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have it. That company wouldn't be there, whatever it happens to be. So, you, you, that's why he says in, in this verse, I like that verse, work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do. And if you can't work hard and cheerfully at it, we have a wonderful thing in this country. It's called capitalism. And it's called quit. You know? And do something you can do cheerfully and with all your, your might and strength and heart. Now, you may have to wait for that right thing. I'm not saying you just do it immediately and be irresponsible or something like that. I'm not saying that. But it's a wonderful thing. Not everybody has that option, by the way. Um, because when this time, at the time that this was written, he was also writing to slaves and, and people like that. And even in this age, we don't have slavery, but in some, some ways, from a practical sense, there are some people who are enslaved and, and can't do anything else. And, and, and they're not here. But we've got to pray for them and, you know, help them. Help those folks, help them figure out what it is for them anyway. But that's not you. So we don't have to worry about that right now. You are a specialty item uniquely designed to contribute in only the way that you can. And I don't know if you've thought of yourself like that, but this is directed to, certainly, but not limited to the church. And uh, and, and just a quick word about that. I don't want this to be a, a, a church or a churchy kind of thing. It's so much bigger than that. But so many times, and I've done it a few times, and I'm not particularly proud of it, but so many times in churches you hear people kind of coercing, well, we need people to teach, and we need people to do this, and we need... You know, if, if everybody was fulfilling their passion and their niche, so to speak, you wouldn't have to make those pleas. Maybe you didn't make people aware of it, but you don't have to make those pleas. Please give more. If people are giving and, and out of their heart... What happened, for instance, in, in Exodus when Moses said, here's our needs, we're going to build this thing, and here's the deal. They, he had such a response of people giving from the heart, he had to say, okay, we don't need any more. Give it somewhere else. We got all we need. When's the last time you ever heard that in church? Okay? And uh, do we have needs? Yeah, we do. Let me make that very clear. Um, 
and and should you you should give from your heart. And I've said this many times. We don't take an offering and and so forth. We have an offering box because we don't want it to be about coercion. We don't want it to be about feeling people feeling uncomfortable when they come. Well, I got to give money. You don't got to do nothing. You know, and if it's not from your heart, well, hang on to that filthy lucre, okay? Um, and, 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 but I, I would, I would ask you to prayerfully consider what does God want you to do with how you have been blessed, not just your money, but your gifts and talents as well. It's the whole package. And for instance, if you read, and we won't go there now, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, when these people, he's, he's asking those people to give to some of the, some of the saints in Jerusalem at the time who were, who were hurting and who were in poverty. And, and the Apostle Paul in writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says, they gave of themselves first and then their money. That's the way it should be, just so you'll know. So that's the issue here. You're a, you're a, a, a piece of work, and, and God has designed you in a certain way for certain things. Figure out what you do best. Probably won't take too much. Get some friends to help you. Seek it. Find a venue in which you can do it. Be creative about that. may not be the way you thought you could do it. You know, some of these guys that are here helping us with music. You know, some of these guys, you know, they were going to be with, with Elvis and people like that, right? No. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, that may be a bit of a stretch. They were going to be, is he showing his age? Yeah, he's showing his age. Okay. <laughs> Who no, who's Elvis? Is that what you said? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> kill him off. You don't want to hear that remark. They're trying to kill him off up here. Um, he's not dead. Anyway, uh, the the uh, the uh, I'm just joking, but 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 the point is, who knows that they would be able to use some of those talents and gifts for the glory of God in a church situation? Uh, hopefully, they're going to use it for the glory of God wherever you are, but in a, in a church setting like this, it's kind of creative, I think. Think of it like that, and it could be a lot of different ways and different things for you and where you are and what you do and and where you're gifted. Okay, that's the number one thing. You're a piece of work. Second statement that I want you to see is this: life. We could do this song is a long and winding road. You say, what do you mean by that? I know the Beatles song, Life is. Let me show you a quote here from a writer that I just really like. You ready for this? There is no data on the future. You know what's amazing to me? We have instant access. I was in a discussion the other night with somebody. We were talking about who the 50 wealthiest men in the nation were. And he said, well, so-and-so is not. I said, no, he's not on there. He said, well, let's just check it. Grabbed the computer. Within about two minutes, we named off the top 50 or in the top 100, actually, wealthiest men in the, uh, in the country. We're targeting those people for Renaissance Church. I want you to know that. But, um, but anyway, my, my, we, we found that data, boom, just like that. You know, you want to find out anything, especially the age in which we live. It is just terrific. You know, Google it and boom, there you go. But we don't have anything that gives us any concrete data on the future. We don't know what's going to happen. Don't know what's going to happen when we walk out of here. We don't know what the next phone call is going to bring. We don't know what the next email is going to say. That's the future. So when we start talking about you're a a special piece of work, and we start talking about finding my place in this world and, and being hardwired and finding my niche, there's things that happen. That some kind, sometimes waylay us, sometimes disappoint us, sometimes we, sometimes our, our opportunities are missed, sometimes they're delayed, sometimes they're forfeited. 
sometimes they're never realized because life happens. Kind of what we've been talking about in this series. Intentional living. Having purpose. Should we have it? Yeah. But if, you're, if you've seen the card, um, and there's a several of them back there, and feel free, you got plenty, so, so feel free to take one. But if you've seen the card, one of the quotes that we have right in the beginning is, is John Lennon saying, it's from a song actually, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And it's so true. I, Lennon captured it with that. And, and, and so the, the life is a long and winding road. So you got these plans, and, and you know, we're talking about intentional living. Should we not live that way? Sure we should. Should we not make plans? Well, of course we should. Should we not have goals? Absolutely. It's a biblical thing to do. But life happens. And now all of a sudden things, things happen. Because of the nature of, of life, sometimes our, our niche, our fulfillment takes a back seat to, to more necessary things. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. I wrote down a few of these things and I have them for you here in the PowerPoint. There are things like downsizing, mergers, acquisitions, layoffs, BS politics, sorry, I couldn't think of any other way to put it, uh, and, and, and companies and people and so forth. Um, sickness, family stuff. Do we have this? Come on, get it up there. We got it up there. Wake up back there. We don't have it. We don't have it. Oh. It says here we have it. <laughs> okay, let me just go through this for you real quick. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be a little more deliberate. That's it. Right. Um, <clears throat> downsizing, mergers, acquisitions, layoffs, BS politics, sickness, family stuff. Unexpected pregnancies, expected pregnancies, divorce, death, failures, dumb decisions, wrong decisions, no decisions, stupidity on the part of others, sometimes your own. You catching my drift? Because of that, a well-planned, thought-out life can look very different than what was originally planned. Can it? That's not a good thing. We think. I did something else here. Take a little freedom. I want to read this to you. Life is very complex. Things happen. I got my niche. This is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. I'm going to school, going to graduate school, going to another graduate school, going to do this on my resume, get this looking good. Boom. Seemingly at the time something happens and, oh, gosh, got to put it all on hold. Or worse, death of a dream. So what do I do with that? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this, and this took, this took no thought whatsoever. So if I missed you on this one, don't be offended. Um, I will start out by saying this, so there are several ladies here who had started out on a number of different tracks and willingly, or in some cases maybe not so willingly, sacrificed for a higher calling called motherhood. And in, 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 in some cases that was a wonderful thing, in some cases that was... A thing that was totally unexpected. But you, you, you take what God has given you and hopefully consider it a blessing, and you go on with that. Maybe you'll be able to pick up that dream later on. Maybe that dream will change. But I just started just in our, just in our group at Renaissance. And those of you who, who are visiting with us, just, these are all true, okay? I just want you to know that. But I'm just going to go through these, okay? Here's what we have here. Just a few, and this isn't everybody, but just, just a few. We have a drummer orchestra leader who's now a Broadway actor. Started out being an orchestra leader. We have a rock and roll disc jockey who ended up pastor. We have an engineer who became an investment banker. We have a travel-the-world importer who's now a stockbroker financial planner. We have a career military jet, pilot, uh, jet fighter pilot who's now a corporate marketing exec. We have a Wall Street trader of bonds who's now building a golf course. 
And, and you put, and then we have some people here who started out doing exactly what they're doing. Now. God bless you. That's terrific. Sometimes that can happen. So what's the point? You start out one way and somehow sometimes you end up over here. Hopefully, in God's plan, you'll be able to yield to that and say, hey, I started out here. I was 20 something. I didn't, I was, you know, young and dumb and didn't know squat, but now look where I am. And I'm fulfilled and I found my niche. But maybe you're not feeling that way. Because life is a long and winding road sometimes. So think through this with me, all right? I have three verses real quick. Are these on? Proverbs? Here we go. Proverbs 16.1. Mortals make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. Isn't that good? Make your plans. That's the right thing to do. But there is a God in heaven, and he holds veto power every time. Okay? Another one. Mortals make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. Steps. One more. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You know, and I want you to know I am so thankful I can stand here and, 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 and not just stand here, but I can live my life knowing, hey, I thought this and I thought this, but you know, God, you had a different plan because I'm, I'm a finite person. And while I need to plan and so forth, you got something better for me. And if you trust, this is where trust comes in. If I trust God, I'm willing to trust God with his plan as opposed to mine. Because, you know, who, what, what was it? Great country song. Thank God for unanswered prayers. You know, don't know that song because you don't listen to country music. Oh, maybe some of you do. Okay. New York, by the way, in case you, because I've, of my background, I've learned this, is the only major city in the country without a major country music radio station. Just, that's, <laughs> they're clapping. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that point. Oh, part of my job is to get you culturalized here, okay? Um, in, the, in, this, in that country song, for instance, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's a, it, it, I'll just give you a real quick little blurb on it, and I won't sing it to you. But in that country song, it, it, there's just the story of the guy going back to his, his class reunion and how he had prayed for this woman and prayed for this girl and really wanted to date her and really wanted to marry her. And then he saw her at his class reunion. He's like, oh, thank God you didn't answer my prayer, <laughs> which, which is a great, a great thing. So anyway, um, <laughs> there, there is a God in heaven. And thank God there is, because sometimes the things that we want aren't the things that are what is best for us. And that's, that's what he's telling us here. Let me show you this third, third thought, third, third statement that I want you to see is this. Discovering your niche in life, your fulfillment in life, is a process. It's a process. And I want to, I want to move through these very quickly because this is just, this is just, yeah. let me, let me take you. This happened in the Bible. And I want to show you an example of that. We all probably, whatever, whatever your background, you probably heard of St. Paul or, or for some of us we call him the Apostle Paul because he was an apostle. He was definitely a man of God. He wrote, gosh, he wrote almost half the New Testament, okay, under God's inspiration. And he had plans. And sometimes those plans didn't come about. And I want to show you one example of that from 2 Corinthians. We were talking about this the other day with some folks and just an interesting, uh, an interesting 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2. 
Well, I came to the city of Troas, which is in modern-day Turkey, kind of, actually, it's near what we, where we believe ancient Troy was, just to kind of give you a little movie to kind of relate it to. Um, city of Troas, to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord gave me tremendous opportunities. He had great opportunities, great opportunities. But I couldn't rest because my dear brother Titus, he wasn't literally his brother. He was his brother in bond and in kindred and spirit. Kind of like, you know, guys call each other brothers just when they're close friends. My dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went to Macedonia to find him. Here's an example of a guy who wanted to, this his whole life was, was starting churches. The apostle. And, 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 and he said, I went to Troas and things were going great and things were rocking and rolling and man, people were coming and talking to me and things were really going good. But then I couldn't find Titus and I got concerned. I didn't get any emails. I didn't get any calls. Obviously they didn't have that, but whatever they had, they didn't get. And he said, you know what? I got to go check on him. And trust me, to go, I've been there. So when you go from Troas to Macedonia, um, we're talking months. Okay? <laughs> We're talking weeks on a bus. <laughs> In those days, it was a whole lot more. Um, not literally weeks, but I mean, it's, it's tough country. It's, it's rough country. You get a great appreciation for the apostle when you go there and travel some of these places, as I've been fortunate to be able to do. He said, I'm, I'm leaving this great opportunity because I just love my friend. And here's the point that I want you to see. Sometimes we go through this whole thing. This whole thing of fulfillment or discovering your niche or whatever you want to call that, it can be a process. The pursuit with its ups and downs is often a process and it has many faces. Paul would find another opportunity where he went to, by the way. Another great opportunity. Um, Pascal said it this way, we are never living but hoping to live. Not necessarily the optimism you're looking for here. Another great thinker said this, Winning the Super Bowl isn't nearly as fulfilling as the pursuit of the goal. Mike Ditka. Well, that's a good statement. Whatever you think of Mike Ditka's football coaching abilities. Uh, he was a football coach for uh, my friends from England. Real football, okay? Um, just throw that in there for my friends. Um, and I, I heard him say that one time. I just couldn't believe it. He said, hey. Winning, you know, winning it isn't nearly as much as the pursuit of it. I've heard a lot of people say that in other areas of life. Um, the Bible says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, you must do all for the glory of God. Doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. Assuming it's not illegal or immoral, of course. It's not talking about that. You know, it could be highly visible, it could be invisible. It might be your career, it might be something, it might be volunteerism. Uh, it, might be, it might be something, it, may, it, 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 it likely could change with your seasons of life. It can change, and that's okay. Sometimes you look back on those things, boy, I really, really wanted that when I was 20-something, and now you're 50-something, you're thinking, boy, I'm glad that God has redirected the plans that I had for something else. Uh, it's an amazing thing. Um, this, and I, I think this needs to be said. This niche or this fulfillment, whatever you want to call it, can also be elusive. Because sometimes we think, I've I got to find my niche. And when I do, everything's going to come together for me internally. And I'm going to feel like, whoa, baby, here I am. This is good. I feel fulfilled. I found my niche. This is great. This is, 
Sometimes that can be elusive too. Remember, just a couple of weeks I quoted Augustine. I want to quote him again because he said this, if I have that. Yeah. Uh, the, thou, the, though, excuse me, thou hast created us. It's thou, not thou. Thou hast, um, I'm sorry, you're right. Though, thou hast created us for thyself. I have it misspelled here. I'm sorry. Thou hast created us for thyself. He's talking about God. And our hearts are restless. Thou hast created us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. He's talking about God. God has created us for thyself. And our hearts are restless. Sometimes that fulfillment and that niche isn't going to come in its totality until we go to be with God. I've got to tell you that. Because I know too many people are just you know, I haven't found it. I still, we did that, we're going to do it again in the summer, that song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, the U2 song. That was, that was one of our top uh, vote-getters, by the way, in terms of, uh, for the, uh, the best of series coming up in July and August of the sermons of the past year. And uh, I based a message off that song from U2. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And that can be true of the believer. The total fulfillment doesn't come in this life all the time. And if we get glimpses of that fulfillment, thank God for that. I believe there will be some of that, but not total, not in not totality. I got to give this fourth thing, and I want to do this and, and, and very quickly because we need to move. But um, number number four, here it is. Ready? You could be the missing link. Okay? You say, what in the world are you talking about? Let me let me show you something real quick. Verse again in Corinthians. I was glad when Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus arrived. Because they have supplied what was lacking for you. In other words, the apostle, the apostle here is talking about the fact that these people, these um, um, three people that were actually more than that, who came to Corinth to help in their work, they were so vital that they supplied what was lacking by the other people who were in Corinth, the little town of Corinth, or actually the big seaport of Corinth. And here's my point. It's real simple. Do you realize that you could be in a setting, whether we're talking Renaissance Church or XYZ Company or whatever it happens to be, do you realize that what you bring to the table, there probably is no one else who brings that exactly to the table the way you do and can and can if you're not? It's true. Because God made you special because you are a piece of work, a unique, divinely made piece of work. I don't know if you thought about that or not, but there's a niche right there. Well, this is written to the church, and I think that's true in the church, but I think, again, that transcends the church culture and goes to wherever it is you are, in, in, in your family, in your business, and in your neighborhood, whatever that happens to be. Um, and by the way, I will add this. This fulfills you as well when you find this, this that you're the missing link to making some things happen. we got to leave. Let me give you three thoughts, food for thought, and get you out of here, all right? Food for thought. Three things, real simple. First one is this. Realize you're an amazing piece of work. You know that. I think I've made that point. God's made you uniquely and designed you in a special way. Don't forget that. Don't take that for granted. Thank God for that. Capitalize on it. Second thing. Get a little Gumbyism in your life. Do they still have Gumby for kids? I get a blank stare here from the dads. You ever hear, you know who Gumby is? Gumby was when I was, they do. 
They, 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 Gumby was big when our kids were small. So I'm sorry, I'm dating myself here again. But I got, he was a great little creature. You could bend him around and do all kinds of things. And, and we used to have some of those. You'd tie them together and, and just, you can have, do all kinds of perverted things. It just really, you know, fun little stuff with them. You know, just kind of beat them up on each other and everything. Whatever. All I'm saying, and what I'm suggesting in this principle is this, get, get a little flexibility in your life. That's all I'm saying. I didn't want to say flexibility because anybody can say that. I want to say get some Gumbyism in your life, okay? Get some flexibility in your life. Oh, we have to explain to our foreigners what Gumby was. I'm so sorry. i got to keep in mind, we have some Brits with us. Um, and by the way, those of you who are visiting with us, I'm not being harsh. They're my friends, and I give them a hard time. And they believe me, I get back ten times more than what I give, just for the record, okay? Just want to make that clear. Um, get some flexibility. Be creative. Here's what I do. Here's what I like doing. Here's what I'm good at. And it's fun. Now, how can I do that? Maybe that's in a profession. Maybe that's where I volunteer. I have, I have friends that I meet when I've, I've been in Russia and, and Romania a couple times, and I can't remember which country it was, but it was some, some, some business guys there. And they, one, I remember one particularly who had a, I don't know exactly what it was, some kind of a business where they would sell cleaning supplies and so forth to industrial, uh, uh, industrial janitorial services and so forth. Not, not really a, a real sexy business, right? But, I mean, it was one of those things where he made it a lot of money. He says, I do this for one reason. Because I love what I do over here when I come over here and work with these young people to talk to them about Jesus and, and help them, can help them financially. He said, that's what I do for my fix. And his fix was, was helping people. You know, and that, that was his deal. That was his passion. And God provided a means for him to do that. You know, so be creative about this. Think about this. And think through this. What do I do? What do I like? What's good? What, what, what do I feel fulfillment in? You know, and be flexible on how that's going to look. Maybe that's not going to look like a full-time paid type of profession. Maybe it's going to be something else. I don't know. You have to make that application. And by the way, that application probably can only be made as you just talk to God about it. You know, again, I don't have a formula. There's no formula. Last thing, get you out of here with this food for thought, and that is this. Be persistent and enjoy the pursuit. Be persistent. Don't get frustrated. Don't say, I'm the only person in the world that can't find out my place in the world. If you, if you feel that way, call me. I'll give you five or six numbers of people you can call, okay? Because, and one of them will be mine at times. I don't feel that way, but there have been times when I felt that way. You know? That's the issue here. Be persistent and enjoy the pursuit. And by the way, you know what it does along the way? And I want to stop. But it, it develops a deeper relationship with your creator who made you the way you are. And that's what really we're about here. And it may take a moment where you just say, God, I want to, I haven't trusted you. Maybe I haven't trusted you at all. Maybe I'm not trusting you in this this endeavor. And you come to God and say, God, help me think through this. Give me insight. Give me wisdom. Bring people into my life who can who can give me some, some thoughts. The Bible tells us wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And it'll deepen your relationship or maybe even give you an initial relationship with God along the way. Let's pray. Lord, these are, these are just so important. And I don't know that we can do all of this justice in 30 minutes or in, in five or six 30 minutes. Because it's just, there's so much here for us to think about and dwell on and, and contemplate. But Lord, I just would ask you to work in each person's heart and mind right now. 
you know where each person is, you know what's going on in their life, you know some of the questions they're asking. And I would just ask you, Lord, to, to, to deal with them, to, to help them think, to bring people in their life that can stimulate some of that thought. For some, Lord, it may be the beginning of just saying, Lord, right here, right now, right where I'm sitting, I want to trust you. I want to begin by just saying, Jesus, I want to give, I know you came and you died to give me eternal life, as well as abundant life and fulfillment, but eternal life. And right here, right now, I, I want to trust you. I believe you came and went to the cross and suffered for my sins and died and, and rose again to give me that life. I want to trust you right here, right now, and just in my own words, ask you, God, to come into my life. Lord, for some of us, we're going to just have to say, Lord, I want to trust you. I've trusted you for that, but I want to trust you again to give me wisdom, to work in my heart and mind, to help this process along. And along the way, God, I pray that you deepen our relationship with you in the process.